<laughs> if you already know Drake or you already been on Drake's TikTok or his lives or his Sunday Zooms, which will be once a month now. <laughs> Did you know? Now you know. <laughs> you know whose voice this is. It's Shan from She Gets It Pod. So while you're listening to Everything Culture with an A, not an I, check out She Gets It pod all right i know i'm the one with the little boo me on there that's me all right new season new season 22 giving y'all encouragement motivation and a real insight in the things that i think about on a daily but i'm saying them out loud to y'all so check me out on she gets a pod on your favorite podcast app and also find me and the rest of my podcast on shambypodden.com. Now, I hope you're enjoying this show with everything culture. Hey, Drake. I'll let you have your mic back now. Bye. Everything Culture Podcast. It's your host, G Jack, along with my co-host, Mr. D713. Mr. D713, man. How's it going? What's, what's, what's been up? Everything gravy, baby. I cannot complain, man. Life is good. Work is good. Money straight. Health is good, man. So, it's a blessing. How about yourself? Hey, man. I had a blessed week, man. It went by fast. Is it just me? Or, like, this week just went by super fast. Nah, it's kind of slow on my side. But, hey, it's good, though, man. Happy with your job getting your nerves this week or something. No comment. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good, man. You got the plans this weekend? Um, this weekend it's the wife's birthday, man. So, you know, go spend time with her. We'll probably go take her to go see Shaft. Um, then we can take yeah, her to like right. perhaps Pelly Pelly, take her shopping, you know, just relax, you know, nothing major. Pelly Pelly, is that a it's a coat, ain't it? Like into the like a black brand, clothing brand? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just remember P, uh, Kanye said he used to put a Pelly Pelly on Layaway. So I thought it was a like a black clothing brand or something. Man, we could ask our guests about that in a second. It is a clothing brand. Okay, it's a clothing brand, man. But yeah, um, but I just know it's a restaurant down here in Houston, man. So we go oh, check it out. Okay, okay. And hey, what about yourself? Any plans? Man, we going down to get old East Texas, man. This weekend for the celebration. Down, uh, for the celebration, man. Going to celebrate Juneteenth. I may try to hit the wife up tomorrow and see if she want to do like a quick parade in the morning or something. They got a lot of things going down around here in the area, but I may try to celebrate next weekend as well because I think they celebrate both weekends. Okay, okay. You know, it started in Galveston, so I mean, we, we, you can you can maybe head down there for a couple hours, make a turn around trip, come back. Possibly, probably something not though. Like that. But <laughs> we'll figure it out. But anyway, uh, man, we got special guests in the building today. We got Miss uh, Honey Bee. Let's give it up for Miss Honey Bee. <laughs> Miss Honey Bee, how you doing today? I'm doing well. How about how are you guys doing? Hey, we're great. We're Might great. well. Good. Can't complain. Well, Miss Honey Bee, we'll get right to it. Uh, normally, what we do, we have guests on the show. We have a special segment called The Makings of You. 
And on the makings of you, Mr. D713, I'll ask you a few questions about yourself so our audience can get a chance to get, you know, get to know you a little bit better. Mr. D713, you got the questions for us? Always, always. Okay, so, honeybee. So, of course, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, let's start off with your childhood. So, how were you raised? Childhood, how was I raised? I was raised in a two-parent household, um, middle class, like upper middle class, um, given all the opportunities in the world, good education. Um, both of my parents were um, highly educated. Both of them had their masters and they worked in professional fields. Um, I have a sister, I have a twin sister, so I'm very close to her. Identical twin or just fraternal twin? I have an identical twin, twin sister. Oh, so, wow. Um, it was tough at times, but she was my best friend and my biggest enemy also. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we love each other. And so I would say very, very good childhood. Didn't ever want for anything. Didn't ever see any thing bad in the household loving parents so like middle class middle class yeah we had you know the brick house and in, in the black neighborhood two-story no not two-story okay. what's with you christmas. in these two-story houses man yeah. man i just have something when i just i just running down the stairs on christmas day that's just I, like something you see on hallmark i know channel. i know some people that actually rent out the bottom part of their house so you know how people do it with a two-story house they could live in the townhome Possibly, but I, I just have questions about it. it. Well, my mom said she didn't want a two-story house with young kids, the running up and down the stairs and stuff like that. So, but I'm with no. moms. I agree with moms. Yeah, one story. Okay, how many did you go to public school or private school? I went to uh, public school for my elementary, and then private when I went to middle school. My parents uh, felt like that was a pivotal point in most kids' educational. I guess journey where they either either excelled educationally or they were behind. Mm -hmm. So we went to a private Episcopalian school and even though we're not Episcopalian but they love their curriculum mm -hmm. and I think that's what helped us excel and realize that school was going to be a major focus if we wanted to excel in life. Okay, okay. And then back to high school we went back to public school because they realized that was we were coddled. Yeah, um, it so was you need not a real social. World. Exactly, and if college was going to be our next step, then maybe coddling us was not going to help us with the real world. When people weren't going to force us to do our homework, force us, to, or not force, but guide us through those things. It right. was like, hey, you do it, you do it, you get a grade, you don't. Okay. You know, so. Okay. And just clarify, from the Houston area? I am from the Houston area, Mo City. Born and raised, all Born right. Born and raised, Herman, yeah, Herman Hospital. Mo City pretty, ain't mad at it. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, going from your childhood, seeing both your parents from Houston as well? No, they're both actually from Arkansas. Oh, wow. So, um, they, my dad's from Strong, Arkansas, my mom's from Magnolia, Arkansas. So, uh, very small towns. My dad's from like a town of less than a thousand. And my mom's from a little, a little bit more, so probably about... 20,000 people at most, but it's a college town. So most of their students in Magnolia were uh, like, or most people in Magnolia were college students. Okay. And uh, going further, as far as your going to college, I heard you mention. So where did you attend college? You want to share? Oh, I went to University of North Texas, uh, right. Bean Green. Um, and then I graduated with my master's from UH. All right. Go, go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, with all those things being said, so how do you think that plays a part in your family now? So, what does your household look like now? My personal household or with my... Personal household. My personal household, I would say all of that is I... I, I 
didn't necessarily seek out to have a two-parent household for my kids, but it was definitely something that I saw and I knew I wanted for stability. I saw all of the good times that my parents had, the, the vacations we took. I saw the, you know, maybe the pressures to give us what we wanted so that we can fit in. And so I kind of realized that a little bit with my children. I have, I have two kids. Um, so it's, it's a little bit of all of that. Like right now, when I left the house to come over here, I put on an educational video. So I'm all trying right. to stress right. education <laughs> for my three-year-old and she's learning her alphabets and all that kind of stuff. So I think it set me up to A, understand the dynamics of a two-parent household to see that example and what type of environment I'll put my kids in. Okay. So two kids. Yes. Married. Yes. It's still in the it's still in the area you was raised in technically. Yep. All right, all right. How I was born and raised in Missouri City. I live in Missouri City. All right, all right. So But the wh- good part now. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your favorite holiday when you were growing up? I like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And it wasn't be- and I don't like Thanksgiving food. I like Thanksgiving um for the aspect of it seems less stressful to deal with the gifts. Mm. It wasn't commercialized as much as like Easter with the eggs and all that kind of stuff. And I read up about it and I was like, the goddess of fertility is just, you know, the divine the outfits, the Easter speeches. I felt like Thanksgiving, we all just got together. We ate, we chopped it up. We all fell asleep. We woke back up. We ate some more and we just kicked it. It wasn't about gifts. It wasn't about any of that. And I feel like it set the other holidays in motion. Like mm. Christmas, New Year's. It's like it the beginning like, of the yeah, holiday season. It's like season. the beginning of the holiday season. But now as an adult, I really like uh, Halloween. Okay, okay. <laughs> You're the second person to say that. that like, they like Halloween with the kids. Like really I like Halloween with the kids and, you know, taking them out. And, and like personally, be, before I had the kids, I just felt like it was a time to just be fun. Yeah. Like I had yeah. a stuck up job, but that was a time I got to put on something and, you know, for a night just go and party and act like I was somebody else. Not necessarily somebody else, but a cat or you know. <laughs> okay. something else. Something else. <laughs> so, and what was your favorite food growing up? Ooh. Food? I would food. say shrimp. Shrimp. I can almost eat any type of shrimp, unless it's coconut. I don't like coconut. And do you prepare it, or does your family prepare it, or you just go out and get it? I, I prepare it. My husband prepares it. My mom prepares it. I mean, I love fried shrimp. I haven't tasted it, unless they bread it too much or something. Yeah. But I like to saute it. I like it in pasta. I like it, you know. Okay, shrimp the favorite yeah. food. I can, I can tolerate fried shrimp, but I like anything like grilled shrimp. Or yeah, grilled. Shrimp. I can put it on a yeah. kebab. I can put it on anything. I think I can add it to almost anything, and, and I, you know, I like it. Okay, and in your household, like when you were growing up, uh-huh. did you have chores? I did. Where like, were they? I had chores, like every other week rotated for dishes for me and my sister. We had to wash our own clothes. Um, we had to cook. Uh, my mom was like having my, a mom from Arkansas. She's very, very heavy in traditions, and I'm not. And so, like the typical women—I don't want to say women's role—but we had to dust. We had to do baseboards. We had to help wash down cabinets because we had white cabinets. My mom didn't like that, so like we rotated all of that. We had to help cabinets. her clean out the refrigerator and all the you know white stuff or you know anything like that. So we had chores. Okay, okay. Sweeping floors, mopping floors. 
Yeah. And when your kids get a little bit older, are they going to have chores as well? They will. Definitely. Right. <laughs> uh, of course. Man, my my four year old, uh, my I have an eleven year old and a four year old and a, and a one year old. But the eleven and four year old, eleven year old takes out the trash, and the four year old already knows he needs to go get a trash bag and put it back in the trash can. All right. Uh, Set the, yeah. You got the system together. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now when they get a little bit older, man, we get this uh, cutting the grass and weed eating. Man, they gonna start saving me some money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think? That's it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sharon, about your childhood, your upbringing, and the makers of you. We greatly appreciate that. No problem. All right. DJ, what you got for us? All right. So today's topics, we have uh, Juneteenth, since it's Juneteenth weekend, uh, reparations, and uh, budget practices. So we're going to start with Juneteenth. Uh, Mr. Decent went through. You want to kind of let our listeners know who are out there and don't really know what Juneteenth is, or may not be from Texas and be familiar with the with the holiday. Okay, I'm gonna give a quick gist of what Juneteenth is, just from my point of view as well as what's written. But you know, we grew up in East Texas or Upper East Texas, you say Tyler, and we celebrated it quite a bit. But parades and things of that nature. But Juneteenth is the oldest known celebration commemorating the end of slavery in the United States. Dating back to 1865, I apologize, it was June 19th when the Union soldiers that was led by Gordon Granger that landed in Galveston that was letting the people of Galveston, slave owners and the slaves, to know that they are free. Now, they try to talk about why it was such a delay. It was a two and a half year delay when the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, but not until, and that was in 1863, but not until 1865 when Galveston and Texas and the rest of the slaves knew. Now, it's alleged rumors that the messenger was murdered on the way to Texas before the um, announcement was made, but it was made in Galveston um, about it, and it was a big deal that a lot of slave owners were upset because they wanted to get one more harvest out of the slaves, cotton harvest out of the slaves before it can come around. So that's a little bit of a gist of it. It's tough, man. Yeah. yeah. So, so Miss uh, Miss Honey B, how do you guys do? You guys celebrate you and your family? Do y'all celebrate Juneteenth? Not really. I mean, I know what it is. I know of uh, like listening to Black Radio like around this time, they're always promoting some type of parade. But it isn't something that's highlighted that we have to go and participate. Um, back in the day, I think I might have went to a couple of parades or maybe performed a, a time or two. With like the band or something, mm. but so, nothing really. I can't say it's engraved in my, you know, tradition. You got a barbecue or anything? No, not really. What? Yeah, That's I know. Weird. And yeah. I'm from Houston. Yeah. Okay. okay. Do, do, do you, any of your friends or anyone else you know really celebrate it like that? Not that they like brought me along or yeah. invited me out to events or I mean, no, not really. How about you, Mister D713? Man, you know, we from Tyler, Texas. <laughs> you know, we do a big for Juneteenth. Like, growing up in North Tyler, well, I grew up in St. Louis, a part of Tyler, and I moved to North Tyler during my eighth grade year. And But even when I was on South Tyler, Juneteenth was like our 4th of July. That was like, we had parades, we had music. It was always a dance at, um, what was the biker spot? What was it called? Oh, uh, the Trucker. Freeside Truck. Oh, the Trucker's Dance. The Trucker's Dance, yeah. man. And it was something we looked forward to getting older, but it was just a huge occasion for the yeah. city, you know. 
is they do candy out on the trucks. Everybody brought their slabs out. Yeah. And for the people that don't know what a slab is, it's usually <laughs> an older vehicle, Cadillac, linking something somewhat of a DeVille on some rims with candy paint, wood grain, things of that nature. Escalades would be brought into use Cadillacs, but all in all being loud music. It but it was a celebration. Now, I don't know how many people knew what they were exactly were celebrating, but my family really pushed on the history of Juneteenth. How about you, GJ? Yeah, I think I went um once when I was a kid. I went a lot when I was a kid, don't get me wrong. I'm, about but I think to say. I, I'm trying to remember the first time I went, I think it was uh with, with my childhood friend K Ford. Shout out to K Ford. Already. Uh, <laughs> his grandfather was in the uh truck I think the Fleet Side Truckers in St. Yeah, Louis. Yeah. So uh, we would always go with them and ride in the truck with them and stuff like that. And we were young, and that was my first time being introduced to it. But I've never seen so many African Americans in one spot, and yeah. everybody's just in such great spirits, man. I mean, like you get up, everybody's just lined up, got their best outfits on, got they pull out the new cars, new motorcycles, see kids on four wheelers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it was just everybody was just there having a good time. It was just a good feeling, you know. And it's. I was do. I thought everybody celebrated. You know, me being from you know once again Tyler Texas, not seeing much. I, I started to learn later on in life it wasn't celebrated nationwide. Can you guys put some insight why it's not celebrated nationwide? Because it has to be programmed into people to realize the importance of this holiday, mm-hmm. and I think that for the small majority that we represent as far as pushing power and pushing events and things of that nature. This isn't one of the events that someone of power is going to say, we better have a Juneteenth. It's not even a federal holiday. It no used one, to be. It, well, it's not anymore. Yeah, it's not anymore. Okay, it so it it's not like MLK holiday. Day where they it's a federal holiday. People get off work. They yeah. emphasize that there's you know mass media about something. Yeah. yeah. See, I thought at one point I thought they were pushing to make it a federal holiday. They're trying to make it. They're trying to do it again now. But when it first started, um, they really try to push because what other day do African Americans or any Americans celebrate the freedom of slaves? They basically say y'all got February, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's more like I guess I, I'm not, the way I think about it is more like the recognition of great black people and our contributions to America, American history, American, American history, history. Yeah, but I agree. But that's what they, they are saying. Just be happy with February, and that's why I say and MLK Day. Don't forget MLK Day. Yeah, that's not that's the day they let you go. You know, they yeah. let you be home if you're allowed to. Right. But the and I do say allowed to. But the thing about it with Juneteenth, like I, I, over the years, it's been to the point that I really don't celebrate July Fourth so much, because with Juneteenth, I don't think of any other day. You can do January, you know, January first. That's when actually the proclamation went into effect. But Juneteenth is actually when all the slaves in the forty-five states at that time were free. And but it started as a federal holiday. Then it went into segregation to a sense. They started putting laws together that you couldn't celebrate. You couldn't go to certain parks. You couldn't uh, have a good time. Then they stopped it over a time um, in the early 1900s. Then they tried to bring it back up. They started, um, people from Texas started going to Seattle. They went to California. They really tried to push about Juneteenth for them making another federal holiday. Now, I think that's something we need to start doing again. And that's why it's, I love talking about it, especially doing this show, so we can spread the knowledge of what is Juneteenth and why it's important to our community. 
Hmm. Yeah, you, you got a point, man. Maybe that, you, you're on to something, man. We can I'm make a change, man. Maybe we can throw a little Juneteenth celebration this time next year in Houston. I have some awareness to it. I, I mean, there I'm are a couple of events. Yeah. There's one in Pearland coming up. There's it's, one on that maybe. Yeah, Emancipation Park. Oh, that's yeah. what one of them started oh, yeah. in here. That's yep. the Emancipation Park was named after Juneteenth really pushing it. That's yeah. a lot of people that don't, from, don't know that. From what I read is uh, that Emancipation Park is the only place that, because after you know we were free, we still had to deal with the uh, segregation laws and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So Emancipation Park was the only place we could go when they gave us a land where we could actually celebrate as black people. We didn't really have anywhere we could go before then to celebrate. That was the only spot that we could go to celebrate you know, as black people, us being free. Emancipation means freedom. And they they literally made a whole street after it and renamed that street that way because they wanted to show that we are free. This is somewhere that we can gather and for us. And that's sad that they gave us a place for us, which means are any other places not for us? And and that's something I want to touch on in a moment about the segregations versus desegregation. Mm. But I'm still on why isn't Juneteenth celebrated compared to Cinco de Mayo, St. Patrick's Day. Some holidays don't really have anything affected with the American culture. June, like St. Patrick's Day, is is an Irish holiday. Cinco de Mayo is a Mexican holiday. Well, well, let me ask you this: Uh, Whose fault is that, though? Is that us as African Americans for not putting as much attention on it? Because I know I've been to a few Cinco de Mayo celebrations, and they lit. Don't yeah. get me wrong. <laughs> but I've also been to Juneteenth, though. But like you said, a lot of people down here just don't celebrate it like that. Do well, you think there's the negativeness behind it? Like, I think Juneteenth is about the, like, slavery ending. Like, are you sure I've, everybody's I've, happy that slavery yeah. ended? Yeah. Well, I've heard the point of view from some. People from up north, people I know in other states, even some of my friends says that it, they use Juneteenth of, like, it's ignorance. Like, oh, how, how didn't y'all know everybody was so free? Like, do you understand we were enslaved? Do you know what slavery it's means? It's kind of like people who, who say, why didn't slaves fight back? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or so no slavery choice. was a choice. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeezy. Yeah. Um, but it, those are things going to affect. But I'm telling you, people use that as a point. Like, well, y'all should have known already. And that's why I'm not my, I'm not, anybody that's thinking like that, I challenge you once again. What day do you celebrate freedom in America as being a slave, be, coming from slavery? Like, I, I don't think I think that's an ignorant statement from anybody who says that because you have no idea what was going on in 1865. Correct. Yeah. Like, what was the communication like? <laughs> Initially, it was a huge celebration, but once again, it was downplayed or downsized by the previous slave owners. Let's say that they saw the celebration; they didn't no longer wanted to make it a celebration. So now, and I think it's continued to be this way. That people are trying to downplay it. For, they really want us to forget. And that's why important we need to keep talking about it. Keep sharing it. Keep celebrating it. Because if we stop doing it 20, 30, 50, 100 years later, we're not going to even know about slavery probably. We already see they're trying to remove it from the books. But mm-hmm. that's another thing. But going to the topic we was touched on a little bit, it stops so much when we have certain parts and things. When we went from segregation when, when we had segregation and they eliminate segregation. So do you think things are better with segregation or being desegregated uh, before or after segregation? Let's say that. I think desegregation was the worst thing that ever happened to the black people. Like we had to spend our black dollars together. We had to 
um, rely on each other and our crafts and our skills because we couldn't rely on anybody else. And then as soon as the desegregation happened, we literally went out there and felt like their stuff is better. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that we couldn't have, now we can. The forbidden fruit, I but can go and eat it. The I white like man that. water is colder. Right. Okay. <laughs> and at that point, we lost it where our dollars did stay in our community. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. then we started accepting that their materials, their values, and their views were a superior to ours. And that's what forced us, I think, into like a warped mind frame. Mm-hmm. So let me ask y'all this. Uh, do y'all feel like we're still like slaves in a way? Oh, definitely. Without the shackles? Definitely. That's that's my number one concept of why we don't really celebrate Juneteenth like we should is because I think we, we truly are still slaves in some form or fashion. Yes, without the shackles. But every day we get up and we go and work for the man. What is, I mean, it's like a system. It's no longer like a slave owner. It's a system owner. And we systematically have been, we have to rely on them for still food, yeah. for shelter. Because if, if we don't go to their grocery stores, we got our own. We got, we be making our own stuff. Very few of us are. Like less than 5% of the African-American people know how to sow and survive on, on their own hands, on their own land. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So let me let me add, I'm sorry, Mr. Right. 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 but let me ask you this though. Have y'all seen that uh, Killer Mike special on Netflix? Yeah, where he uh, had that one episode where he tried to shop black. Yeah, that was his first episode. Yeah, yeah. He, he couldn't do it. That's sad. He couldn't do it's, it. It's it's so sad. That's why I don't understand how we think we're gonna start a revolution if we can't even feed ourselves, if we can't even go and buy, if we can't even survive yeah. by ourselves. And money is the number one key to it. And we don't even have enough money. To like even take our stuff away, even though we yeah. have money. Like, right. do you understand how much we stimulate the economy? Like, we are the most having money is not having money is people in the world. Yeah, yeah. We don't under- <laughs> I mean, I know that's bad, like yeah. grammar and all, but I mean, we have money. They yeah. come and put their shops in our neighborhoods because they understand we're gonna buy the liquor, we're gonna buy the weed, we're gonna shop, and we're gonna eat McDonald's, we're gonna eat the Burger King. They're not like taking all their money out because, no. But do you think now they is that the wrong things in our neighborhood? Do you think that's just. African Americans though, do you think it's African Americans or just poor people in general that they put that that we're the consumers? That we're pretty much primarily consumers that's gonna spend our money on the on the dumb stuff, you know, and, and never keep the dollar recycling in our in our neighborhoods and in our community. I mean I think every community they realize what gets us. Yeah. Like if you go to some Latin American communities, they really value hanging out. Yeah. They really they so they have a little bit more clubs than we do. Right. They have those nightclubs where they're going to sit there and party that way. They have a little bit more restaurants and things of that nature. In ours, we don't really have that, but we have food. They know we gonna eat the bad stuff, even the cheap stuff. They know we yeah. gonna buy the liquor. We gonna you know go and we need the daycare centers. They that's the kind of stuff they see that we spend our money on, and they put that in our neighborhood. And when going back even to the, I think. When you say slavery, we're still in shackles. I think we released a slave, but we went into a different type of slavery that a lot of other people are victims of. Not only African Americans, but white people, Mexican people, Asians, they all are victims to that American type of consumerism that we consider slavery. It's like you gotta have these certain things. Now, we were never put given a the leg up, not even the leg up, the equal chance. That's the that's the biggest thing. Well we'll go back to well, we can transition to reparations, you know? Yeah. We were never given those things, you know? We were never, you know, even a mindset. It was just like, good luck. And they continued exactly. to make things, not even good luck. It was like, 
okay, you're free. Get the hell off my property. Yeah. Okay. I know, you know what? You're allowed to work here. That's what it was said. You're allowed to be an employer. You know, yeah. and then sharecropping came in. Yeah. Then it came into what was called the black laws. I mean, all these things went against, and then segregation. You know, those things, I think segregation, I don't think the, it was a bad thing totally because they go back to the cultural diversity. You know, I think, you know, if we just stayed to ourselves to a sense, maybe we're not even going to grow. I, I know a lot of black people have grown from being desegregated. I apologize. But desegregated. But either way, it's to the point now. It's like some people are able to do some things. Mm-hmm. If we had years without it, would we have been better? I don't know. That's something that's something that we I can... mean, okay, well think of the concept about Wakanda. Like mm-hmm. if the whole movie was if we were if we were left alone, mm-hmm. if we were in Africa, look how much we could have excelled. There was many tribes. There was I mean you can call a tribe a gang, but they all lived in peace. Correct. They had enough resources, they had enough education. You said had, the oh, I was gonna say Resources. The yep. biggest resource when they were talking about Wakanda was the was what's it called? Vibranium. That was the main thing, the resource, and that was the most valuable resource. You look at Africa now. You got gold. You have diamonds, but it's being stolen and being stuck, sold back to them. They mine it, give it away, and they sold back to them again. It was sold back to us. And but here in America, we didn't have any resources. That's the point. The yeah. reparations were supposed to be our resources. Yep. We were told to survive without resources. Right. So that's what we say now. We had Black Wall Street. We climbed up to it, and that down. was destroyed. That was the still the largest terroristic threat or terroristic attack on American soil still to this day. But do we but, talk about it? Well, a lot of people don't. No. no. And I would say, as a total, we do not talk about it. And once again, I'll be posting these things that are on our website as well as our Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram. But that's why we want to talk about these things. This is the things that affect our culture still to this day. Let me let me ask you this, just to kind of briefly go back to the slave uh, thing we were talking about earlier. Uh-huh. So I know you said earlier you didn't like the comment that Kanye West made about us uh, slavery being a choice. Right. But do you think he was referring to it as being a choice now, like still being a slave, like we just said? Do we have to go out and buy McDonald's? Do we have to go out and, and continue to give them, give them our money? Or can we have a cultural change where we don't put it out in the videos or out in our face all the time where that's a cool thing to do to, to go out and blow our money? Well, in the context of the question that was asked to him, no. I, 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 we talked about this before. I mind talking about it again. That was a dumb way to say that. Now, if he wanted to say that, he should have went here and said all the things you just said. But he didn't. He just said slavery was a choice. And it took me back to... Um, you can talk about with Killmonger and Black Panther. You can go back to, I was thinking the movie, it's, um, I'm sorry, it's a slip in my mind. It's a um, Quentin Tarantino movie with the Jewish and it had the bear in it. And it was one part, like, you have a choice. Either you can kill yourself or you can be, continue being a slave. Oh, you're, you're talking about the, and when you were talking Inglorious about Inglorious Bastards. Okay. I don't know if you've seen Inglorious Bastards, but it was a scene in there. It's like, you could, he gave him the gun. You can shoot the person that's putting you in slavery right now, but you got all these people out here that's going to kill you. You you have your choice. But when you were talking about Black Panther, you were referring to the the part where he said uh, he'd rather die with his ancestors. Ancestors like in the that. water that jumped off the boat and fought. Yeah. And I looked at that, but I'm like, some of your ancestors had to live. You wouldn't be here. Right. Some of your ancestors had to go through them things, unfortunately. 
Now that's just that's the choice you have, and that part I I think he's alive. But all in all, being said, he doesn't have children to continue to spread his word and what he believe in as well. And that's what happened. If you don't have anybody that's going to continue telling your message or telling your story, the legacy you have is going to be erased. So, do you feel like the ones who did jump ship was that like a pride thing, or do you think that it was? Do you do you? I guess. Do you commend them for going for jumping ship? I do, and not wanting to be a slave, or do you more commend the people who actually stuck through it? I commend both. Okay, and I think that's. I think I could. I, you should commend both. It took both. But how though? I mean, if you jump ship, wouldn't that I make mean, your pride is in the way? So you'd rather kill yourself than to continue on your legacy for for your children and generations to come. Ah man, that's really mean. tough. Like. The ones that jumped, I'm not sure if it was courageous because they realized they didn't want that life or if it was fear and not understanding what that life was. They hadn't made it over there. They had no idea what they were about to get themselves into. And some people fear that. And some people like, okay, well, let me figure it out what it's going to be about. And those are the ones that were on the ship. And I'm, I mean, at the end of the day, who knows? They probably wish they would have jumped. But what about the ones that fought? That's what I'm thinking about. The ones that had that, would you... Continue to allow the slavery to happen when you see your family being torn apart, being dragged away. I mean, but what resources did you have to fight? And at the end of the day, if you These fight hands. <laughs> we have to say that. We have to say that, but, I mean, but they riding around on a horse with the gun. And at the end of the day, you starve. At the end of the day, you don't so have to You had to something that did fight. <laughs> like, you had spears. They had bow and arrows. They had, some, sure. they had guerrilla warfare. Even with the native... This so that and situation right there. That would be my whole thing. I would not mind fighting if I knew that there was a goal for my fighting. If I knew that once I, I defeated you, I had somewhere to go. But if I looked and I said, man, if I literally fight you right now, I have no idea what's beyond those trees right there because you ain't never let me go. That's fear. And that's why a lot of people stayed there. It's because they didn't know what else was out there. What am I, am I about to go starve? At least I know I got a, a room here. I'm picking this cotton. This is what I was, you know, bred into doing. And that's a fear that's been taught into us and bred into us for some time. Right. What are we doing now? Right. No, that's I true. A lot I of us right. still don't want to fight. A lot of them still. Like, a lot of us. Like you just said, we still in these shackles. It's a sense of comfort to, and I mean, it's all topic, <laughs> but like that's the same reason why some people don't get into entrepreneurship. Yeah. They, they don't have the fear. They don't have the faith. And a lot of, I feel like slaves are that same way. They didn't leave because they didn't have the faith that they could survive without the people who they felt like were the only resources that they had. Correct. It's like you take the resources and you make it seem like, well, you have to get these resources from me. And like, I know, and this is all topic as well, that it's in many states that you cannot catch rainwater. Yeah. Like, and hold it. And like, you can't make your own wells. You still have to pay taxes. And like, that doesn't make sense it to me at all. Why, it's are you it's a natural Why are you paying so much for electricity? Because we follow the money. slave. They, they put it, they give us something that we may like, we make it, that we want, they make it think it's something we need, and we continue to pay for it. Let me tell you this, and this is what I found out when I bought my house. You know, when you buy a house, especially in Houston, which is weird, when you buy houses like in these master plan communities and stuff like this, you know that you don't own the mineral rights to your house? Right. You had to sign over the mineral yeah. rights. You got to sign over the mineral anything, rights. Yeah. That's how I was in Texas. Yeah. You yeah. buy the ground, you don't get that oil. Yeah. And and my, oil when oil. I bought my house in Tyler, I had the mineral rights too. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's how my parents were in Arkansas. And they still get a check because they found money on well, it. Well, they getting yeah. smart. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's just here though. I don't know. I think the the people who are selling this land and stuff like that, I mean, they just, they know. They're like, all right, well, I can sell it. You can build all these uh, houses and stuff, this big pretty community, but we find oil here. We're taking this shit back. Right. That's mm-hmm. how yeah, selfish you can do about it. How selfish is that? And we but, literally sign it and yeah. keep on moving. 
See, and we get into detail about land and property. Once again, when we were free to slaves, what did we receive? Nothing. Okay. How many other like how many other cultures or people that was victims of slavery or discrimination received um what is it um, reparations. reparations i mean if you google it there's six counts in history where people have been given rep- reparations and basically it's making you not necessarily whole but first first and foremost they accept they did something wrong yeah. and i feel like that's the part that we haven't got to as a society is we have not accepted like we'll say oh yeah slavery was wrong it's been abolished you guys are good, but they never made us whole. They never yeah. provided us the resources because they realized how in deficit they put us because of the mistreatment. And the best way to say Malcolm has said, I think I said on the previous show, if you stab me in my back with a 12 inch knife and you pull out six inches, you still got six in- inches to go. I still got, and you like, are you okay now? You happy? No, I'm still stabbed, bro. What's going on? Yeah. Maybe it's America's just ashamed of that, you know. Like I don't know why they're not ashamed of like the Holocaust and I mean they actually got reparations. They Germany got reparations. gave them reparations, and then the other part is they accepted they were wrong that they shouldn't have done that. They went back, they wrote it in the history books, and took full accountability of being wrong. And then they also did what made took all the the remnants of that away. Yeah. They don't have not one Holocaust like statue. They don't have any of those colonels, those generals, and people who did that massacre to those people. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the South, what we do? Celebrate it. Exactly. Yeah. Got the flag. And how, how dare you take down, you uh, know, Colonel such and such who was over the Confederate? Robert Lee. Yeah. yeah. John Tyler. Thank yeah. you. And we sit there and look at people like, y'all shouldn't be hurt. We'll just leave this man up here who killed all y'all. It's fine. Y'all yeah. can look at it. Y'all went around. Our history. Y'all are strong. Y'all get over it. Right. And then we got even some of us celebrated ourselves. Yeah. Like, maybe, do you think maybe just enough of us aren't complaining about it? Like maybe a lot of us are just passive. I mean, I know I'm guilty of being passive with stuff like that in the past. So, I mean, you're passive because it doesn't directly affect you, yeah, and that's that why moment. most people are passive about anything. That until it directly affects you is when you're gonna sit here and speak up, whether yeah. it's any like honestly anything. Yeah, I mean. And we comfortable. Like, why would I make a noise? Like, I'm over here trying to figure out how I'm going to eat, how I'm going to pay my bills, make sure, you know, my, my family's good, yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to sit here. It's, just, it's on the same example with um, guys that when they, well, I didn't respect women until I had a daughter. Then you have some. That kills me. Like, you didn't it, have a mama, it, like, you didn't have an aunt. But like, they tell them the truth, though. That's they the are. Until it directly affects you. And same thing. I've been. And maybe they just hadn't got caught yet disrespecting women, so they can say, "Hey, well, because my daughter is <laughs> when I changed, I ain't disrespected a woman since right. I had a daughter." But per- perhaps, it's coming. Perhaps. <laughs> exactly. But example, I like real life. I was um, at my old job back in the day, and I went and I do a a visit, a home study, and while doing so, I recognized I was with one of my Caucasian peers, and I recognized immediately the signs we were going to deep East Texas, mm-hmm. the extremely rural area. And I started to see they had a fence, like I think it was electrified. They had a camera at the fence and it was open. And I felt a little uneasy, you know, they had a lot of property. And it was a uh, Caucasian, some grandparents and one of their grandchildren. And but the grandchildren was biracial. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking They're around. The best. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, man, so I can tell the whole town town, like it's not that many African Americans around. Like their daughter moved to Houston, got pregnant by a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. The, they're nightmare for many people, okay? Mm-hmm. But I was looking around. I saw like three Confederate flags around. And I'm, you know, I'm peeping game. I got my guard up. 
um, my peer, he's casually talking, not paying attention to much, but I'm seeing everything. I'm very professional, cordial, but I recognize, you know, the type of temperament they had there. And I recognize that the grandfather was in there as well, but the grandmother was very sweet and kind. And when my peer stepped off a little bit to talk to the kids, the grandmother came to me and she said, you know what, you know, years ago, your kind and my kind did not mix. We did not really like y'all around Did not want you to see, we didn't accept it. But not until I had my grandchildren that I understand we're all the same. We're accepted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I smiled and was professional cordial. But I'm like, I'm refraining from cursing you guys. <laughs> but it was, I was really kind of set back. Like, like, it took that for you to start respecting me as a human yeah. being. Yeah, it does. Like, and for you to see, oh, it's a child as part of my blood to be mixed. And that's how I feel about segregation sometimes. It's like it took that to happen for people to start realize, oh, they're not bad, bad people. Like if we didn't have segregation, how much I, I think I look at to the Native Americans, unfortunately, like I think we probably would have been um, eliminated. We would have been exterminated from being here in America if that would continue to happen. Because a lot of us don't fight. Yeah. And we didn't have the resources to fight all the people here at the time. Yeah. Well, back to uh, subject of reparations, though. I mean, I know I was watching uh, YouTube the other day. I saw this interview with uh, Charlemagne and Killer Mike. Man, they, and, and Killer Mike always is on point with his interviews. But this one really stuck out to me with his, his take on uh, reparations. Mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, play the clip real quick and then we'll come back to it and uh, we'll discuss it. Because when you ask me about reparations, I have my idea what reparations are. Okay. And I'm sure someone else has some reference, but just as a people, you know, I, I, I'll tell you the secret. We ain't had our black people meeting to see what we asking for yet. Nah. And, and the only right. two people who have honestly given us a good map for what we should ask for are not even involved in the conversation. One of those people is the Honorable Marcus Garvey and the most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And of all the black people that are running around screaming about reparations, when I say, well, what should we ask for? Dr. King, we know in his last two, three years of life, start asking for land. Mm-hmm. Land grants, land lotteries, land. What Muslims want is a document that Elijah Muhammad put forth to let you know exactly what people who are the American descendants of slaves should be asking for in payment for what we had. Mm-hmm. If we're not discussing those things and we're simply saying, what do you have for us? Then that's just like asking for welfare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You get what I'm saying? So I'm not criticizing the movement because I want the movement to prevail. If you're an American descendant of a slave, I want some type of reparations to be paid, given, or acclimated to you. But before we get to that part, what are we asking for? You know, people got mad at Senator Sanders, but he honestly just asked the question. He was like, what is the reparations? You know what I'm saying? saying. And he wouldn't say yes to something he doesn't even know what it is people want. My mom said, when you ask for something, know what you're asking for. Absolutely. See, what, what 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 if this man says, yeah, okay, I'll give you. What do you want? And you say, well, 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 I, well, I want $2 million. Okay, well, here's $2 million. Well, what if it turns out what you really were worth was $20 million? Yeah, yeah. Now you've taken $2 million. You lived your wildest fantasies. You've had the most fun year of your life. And trust me, I'm a rapper. It's easy to spend $2 million in a mm-hmm. year. The government's going to tax you $800,000. Then you're down to $1.2. You're going to get the nicest house you can find. If you're in the South, you can probably get a nice one for $600,000. So you got $600,000 left. And then you have the rest of your life to figure that out. You're probably going to buy a Lamborghini Jeep. Mm-hmm. Something you know. dumb. Yeah. Big-ass chain. You yeah, get what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? So we got to start asking ourselves, okay, what, what, what can we learn from other groups? Now, yes. what I would, if asked, I would say, 
If George is 35% African-American, then I would want 35% of the marijuana business from hence going forth to be African-American. That means in terms of land ownership, growth, and development. I would like for some type of land lottery to be given. I've had to do a lot of research on this, too, because, you know, you get your nuts checked, you go read. Yeah. Frederick Douglass never thought the United States should have to give reparations. Frederick Douglass, who was the most photographed person in the 19th century, the Barack Obama of his time, thought that only the people who owned slaves should be responsible for it. See, I disagree with that. But he was an actual slave. Wow. So who am I going to argue with an actual slave? But see, for me, if the government allowed it, the government should acclimate something. Yeah, because everybody reaped the benefits of yeah. it that so was white. What I would like to do as a black community is for us to start holding some Sunday meetings that are not online, that are not on live, and let's start talking what we want and what we deserve. All right. So with, it, with hearing his take on that, how do y'all feel? I'll start with you, Miss uh, Honeybee. I mean, he's dead on. What are we asking for? Yeah. What are we going to sit here and say will give us the equal advantage? We're not asking for a leg up. We're not asking for anything. But what will make us equal? What will make us whole? We basically say reparations is to make you whole. What is it? Is it education? Is it more resources? I mean, it can't be money. Because if you give us money, guess what we're going to do? We're going to go buy something back into their community. They're going to get their money right back. So, and then how much money do you truly think we deserve that's going to put us a leg up? And then I just think it's a whole structural issue. Who gets reparations? Like, that's I literally told, I literally asked my mom, was your parents slaves? She said, no. Were your parents, were their parents slaves? No. She took me back four generations before she said, yes, they were slaves. Okay. Now, do you give it to people whose parents were slaves? Then you have people from the North whose parents weren't slaves. How do you determine who gets reparations? That's my number one question. I think uh, I think every African-American should, huh? I said Ancestry.com. Yeah, I guess. I don't trust <laughs> I, I, was just, I was thinking about it. I don't, I, I don't, I don't that believe though. in that stuff anyway. I don't, I don't think they can really track it back. They're going to try to clone me. I, think just, <laughs> I don't believe in a lot of um, conspiracy theories, but yeah. I believe in that one. Yeah, they're trying to get your information. It would be another uh, Mr. D71. Eight or something come around. And <laughs> <laughs> now, my opinion on it, though, I believe uh, every African American should get reparations, only because I think because of their decision to enslave us, that every African American is affected by it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the only way that we can kind of we can start this conversation or to make us whole, my my personal opinion, I feel like we should uh, all at least get some type of piece of land, you know, some deep deep free land that we can build whatever we want on it. And then we can decide that we come together and, and put our resources together and build something on it and start our own Wakanda or whatever, you know. Uh, like second second thing. a state or something like that? Huh? A whole state, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. Just whatever. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll work out. We'll work okay. it out. But just some type of land, you know, deed free that's owed to us. I feel like our children should be able to go to college for free for for however long we were enslaved, but 246 years in here in America, wow. our children should be able to get free education up to a doctor's degree for the next 246 years. And they should also wipe out all student loans for oh. all African Americans. Got my vote. If you do that, I think we can take it from there. I think I think we'll be we'll be there. We'll be you, even. You, at you, that you point. honestly think that's enough? I think it's enough. I, I think you would help with the financial freedom. Yeah. Because what are we doing every day? We're working so we can pay for a mortgage, so we can pay for our kids' education, so that we can sit here and have some land, some property, some this, some that. If you give that to us, it'll at least give us a leg up to where that's not what we're working for. And we will have some type of financial freedom. And I, I, I believe don't, that. Don't give me, I like it. it huh, let, me, let me get go this ahead, point across. Ahead, I think that it's kind of like taking the test and already having the answers to it. Like, think about this. If our ancestors had got all that back in the day, 
They would have taxed it. They would have they t- took it away immediately. How do you know that? That's what they probably gonna do now. But I'm saying, like, if they get into us right directly after slavery, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? They get into us directly after slavery. I think we wouldn't have. We 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 right having it now. I think we'd be able to prosper a little bit better with the knowledge that we have because we do. I mean, we we say we're we're enslaved in the United States, but we do have a lot of liberties here that we Correct. can learn. Absolutely, we had opportunity to go to school. We're a lot more knowledgeable. We have people in higher places have experienced a lot more stuff that you know our ancestors, our grandparents didn't get to experience. You know, so I think having that those resources now and kind of compensate for it is going to be way ten times more. Um, Ten times better than having it back in the day when slavery first. And I agree to that as well. I I, I agree, and you just got to look at. I I just know how politics work. Yeah, there. Soon as they before they release, they're gonna be thinking ten steps ahead how to get it back. Right. But but, hey, we smart enough to think ten steps ahead too. Not everybody. That's the point. We are. What about this for reparations? What if they allocated that we must have the the same percentage? that we represent of jobs in every market. Because the number one thing is don't give me money, but put me in a position, put me in power, put me somewhere where I can thrive. So whether it's every industry needs to have this much representation of African-Americans at the table, whether it's politics, whether it's, um, I don't know, governmental positions, whether it's either oil and gas, you know, the pharmaceutical, put us in positions where we can actually thrive because giving us money right now, yeah. Okay, that's gone. What's next? And if yeah. we ain't See, got no positions to actually work, but See, I, want also, the, I want um, the property and I would like the money. But what you're going to, we I think that's trying to push on a lot of people didn't want was affirmative action. Right. That was got. Like, that's what affirmative action was. Yeah. They felt like that was reverse uh, racism. Correct. That, is, that's kind of how. Is, I, well, no such thing as reverse racism. Let's yeah. be clear about that. <laughs> yeah. There's the no such thing. There's no such thing as reverse racism. Yeah. The point I was going to make though, when you said that though, it's putting us in powers. No such thing as reverse racism. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We need to put qualified people in power. Don't just give us a job because we black. I don't want that. No. I don't want you to give me shit. I just want to have an even playing field with everybody else. And I think that that's the whole point is that if we don't have a seat at the table, we can never change anything. Giving us money doesn't mean that we're going to be able to be there when they try to make these rules that's going to turn everything around. At one point, get Guess what? Uh, marijuana was illegal because it directly affected the African-American community. Nobody was at the table when the white person, or sorry, I shouldn't say that, when some people figured out that it was a revenue stream and therefore now they're making it legal with these caveats, but the only people who aren't benefiting from it is still the people that are locked up in jail behind it. But we got to put ourselves at tables. We got to sit here and, and push us into the economy. I don't think that we're less qualified. I think that we're not given the same opportunities. I don't think that we don't go to school and, and master in these same professions that can get us up in the fortune 500 companies we're just not given the same opportunities and let's be clear not equality we need equity across it okay we were we were being handicapped you put us 10 steps behind okay Mm -hmm. you have to let and you started the race already you can't just say okay now we're just going to start to put you right here and but you're still ahead of me already it's like you have to let us catch up You have to give us more. I mean, and you have to, and I I like the word equality because if you go back into history, we never really asked for equality. We asked for civil rights. We asked for you to stop spitting on us. We asked for us to be able to walk down the road. We asked to come and sit at your counter and eat like decent people. When at the end of the day, we never really asked for equal rights. We asked for civil rights. And that is so much less than we deserve. And until we go and push for equal rights, but we ain't pushing for nothing because we ain't at the table. I keep telling people, you have to start voting. You have to be political. If reparations, they can give Mm. us this money, 
But until we sit here and start being at the table to make these decisions, it means nothing. But, but how, how many? I'll say that with money, power, respect. How many adult African Americans that don't believe in voting? That's crazy. And they. Well, they they're gonna do what they want to do anyway. I'm yeah, like, you letting them. man, do you know how important voting is into many other communities? Yeah. Like, it, it blows my duty. mind to hear that. It's like just here in Harris County, the whole switch of judges here in Harris County okay. is amazing, and it that came from voting. Nobody saw that coming. It didn't. It's yeah. anything I would tell used to tell the peers back in the days, like we're ordering a pizza or going to get something to eat. Do you want pizza? You want a burger? Or do you want Chinese food? And the person I was the one that don't vote get mad. Well, I didn't want that. Well, you didn't put your vote in, so yeah. shut up, okay? Yeah. But you 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 can't complain afterwards. But that's what a lot of people do. So it's being at the table, and we have people at the table as well. I would say, but we have do we have people that look like us that serve in our best interest? No, we there's don't. Not, have, there's not enough. Not enough for allocated, us. allocated. Like if we literally make up what 30 something percent of the pop. Well, how much? Maybe less than that. Whatever percent we make up, I think that's how we should be governed. Because, and same thing with women. I think okay. that women, there are 51% of women in the world. Why aren't there 51% of that type of people there making decisions for 51% of the population? No argument there. I don't understand that. And I think that we should like allocate ourselves based on how we are. Because you need everybody's voice. But once again, you have some people that will sell out. That's what I've seen so often. But you can sell out when you don't have accountability. Like yeah. I really feel like what's her name? Um, she just she got put out the Come White House. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Not Huckabee, is it? No, 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 no. The black lady uh, who got put out. The one uh, that Kanye supported. Oh, you talking about the older lady from Houston? No, no. no. She, um, oh my gosh, Amarosa. Yeah. Amorosa was okay selling out because there was nobody around the table to sit here and check her. Yeah. Ben Carson, he's okay selling out. There's nobody there to check them. The only people that's, that's there actually might agree with the sellout Uncle Tom views that they have. No, if, if I'm sitting at the table and I'm like, yeah, we sure don't need any respiration, you might be like, girl. But you I, do, I do believe that's the point. You give a certain one, okay, we're going to take care. You Okay, we got a, a group of people, okay, that's being dis, disenfranchised, all right? I'm gonna take one, two, three of them out of a group of twenty, and I'm gonna give them their record. I'm gonna just give them a lot of money. I'm gonna make them feel comfortable. So and put those three at the table, or their children at the table, and they're gonna feel like, well, I didn't have those issues, so y'all need to get up and do what you need to do. That's what I see so often. Yeah. Well, I think there's power in numbers, and there's Agreed. comfort in numbers, Agreed. and then there's social peer pressures that come. Like if you're in a group of ten, uh, maybe Latinos, ten white, ten Asians. 10, 10 African Americans, which one are you going to feel more comfortable to speak your mind in? And I feel like that's the one that you most likely look alike, look like them, because of social peer pressures, if you're staying in a group of Trump supporters and you're not a Trump supporter, it's harder for you to speak out. But if you're more than just you, there's mm-hmm. power in numbers. Agreed. And I think that's why there should be an allocation of representation. That's yeah. all I'm asking I, I, I feel that too. I just... Like I said, I'm all about uh, just being qualified. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to just, I, I don't want you to give me a job just because I'm black. You know what I'm saying? I want you to give it to me because, you know, I, I deserve it. I've earned it. I'm the right person for the job. Right. You know? But do you think it happened on the other side? People get jobs because they need to they stop do. this shit too. But, but that's, they're not. that's the point. And that's the whole thing is that we ask for things to be equal when we're not 
given an equal chance as the yeah. same things. So you got to play by their rules. Like at the end of the day, I'm not sure how many African Americans work at your company, but if you go to the top of the, of the food chain and it's nothing but you know a whole Inclusion. bunch of white men and the, the workers are actually does not you know resemble that. They cannot make rules and regulations and understand maybe your culture, maybe your background, maybe your environment. They don't consider those things. They like oh well, you know if if they don't get this benefit, who cares? Somebody else will give it to them. You like no. And I think she's referring to diversity right it's, it's, it's a simple concept of diversity and inclusion yep. diversity is you want things to be diverse enough but you want to also make sure they're included in yeah. all the decisions everyone's included and everybody. everybody's included and when you're up there having those conversations and it's a single you know monogamy like i don't know i forgot the word but it's just white men making decisions on a whole bunch of women that don't look like them latinos african-americans you know, Asian Americans, everybody else that has different points of views, yeah. that's not getting put into those decision making. Yeah. Like, you just want alternatives. You want different philosophies. Yeah. Well, to, to stay on the uh, reparations topic, yeah. I know we kind of briefly touched on this. Like, them, the government just giving us money wouldn't do anything, you know, because we just go out and give it right back to them. We um, will. So, speaking <laughs> of that, I guess, do you think we need to do a better job of, like, budgeting and planning? Like, how do y'all uh, budget and plan? Oh, my home? gosh. Okay, so... That that hits me at the heart because I used to actually work with a church organization about mm-hmm. um, budgeting and planning. And I used to, like every November, December, we used to push at, okay, everybody come in here, let's budget. Next year, we're going to be prosperous. And I would sit across from people. And at, the, at that time, I was uh, fairly younger than I was now, probably about <laughs> seven, eight years ago. And I'm talking to adults who, was telling, who would tell me, and I'm like, okay, well, these are, this is how much money you make. This is how much money you spend. We have to go through your... It's only three things you can do. Mm-hmm. Make more money, spend less money, or a combination of both. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the only way. You basic need concept. To, that's the basic concept of what a budget is. This is how much you make. This is how much you spend. You want it to be on the positive side. Yeah. So you can save, so that you can do whatever you need to. And how many times do we make a dollar and spend a dollar at 15? How many times do we use credit cards as our lifelines? How many times do we not understand the difference between a necessity and a want? Yeah. Like, I need this to live. Oh, I want to be cute. I want to be fly. I want to be materialistic. And people just could not make those decisions that I'm not going to go get my hair done or get this type of hairstyle because I got to look this certain way. And you'll sit here and jeopardize not paying your bills. You'll jeopardize, you know, all that kind of stuff because you don't have, and I, I call it maturity. It's just, it's a maturity level. Maybe like we just have to get to a point where you want to be so mature that you can hold your own. Maybe we're just more emotional people. Maybe it's more that. No, I rather... think we, I think, <laughs> no, I can't even say that. Yeah. I call it being you, a financial illiterate. It is. It's financial literacy. Is it really illiterate though? Like, that, like you that, choose not to learn. Like, it's yeah. financial, no, it's financial <laughs> ignorance. And ignorance is the definition of the lack there of knowledge. Yeah. You, you don't you have use. knowledge of it. Your parents probably didn't do it. I mean, it's a whole bunch of stuff. Like, I had a guy that I used to talk to, and his phone used to ring because it was bill collectors, and it didn't phase him. Yeah, but that's what's being taught. That's what's been. That's what I was taught growing up. No, but but the thing you said basic. When there's no such thing as common sense in the world, Mm. and the work that I've I've done, and you know, if my family members hear this, they still some of them still do it. Like some, they don't pay that bill until that disconnect notice come in. Mm -hmm. That's how. Like, I come from a lower income, single parent home, and that's how it was taught. 
And I wanted to change that. I grew up on the, the food stamp system. I grew up with WIC to a certain point. And I, uh, that, that was the survival tactics they had at that time. Yeah. And do I agree with it? No. But that's what some people do to survive. And in the no. social work field, it's a lot of, it's in a lot of African Americans, low income. And they teach these their kids these things. Their kids pay attention to these things until instead of teaching them better ways to come up and get out of it, they're like, okay, this is how to beat the get system. Over. Yeah, right. get over. Yeah, get over. Beat the system. Oh my gosh. Let yeah. me ask you this, uh, Ms. D seven one three. This is sidebar. How do y'all feel about people who sell food stamps? It's illegal. <laughs> I think it's illegal and I think it's a but slap in the face for it, everybody who does need food stamps. Yeah. It, 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 but it's a survival tactic. That's what's it it's is, a survival tactic. Me, now, if you're doing it for the right reasons, that I've seen people that do it for the wrong reason. They do it to get drugs. They do what's it the to right get so they go to the club. But some people, that those food stamps, they may be having enough food because some people get a lot of food, get a lot in food stamps. But they may need cash to get another amenity. The monetary they may need cash. But my thing enough. is this. If you are, if you need so much assistance that you have to get food stamps, maybe you need to realize how to get off food stamps so you can get the other stuff. Like, I've seen people sell their food stamps, and it's because they're, they don't work. Correct. They usually get, like, say you get $200 in food stamps, and you only spend $100 and they, I need that other hundred dollars to get my hair done or get something that's not food. That's not what I'm helping you for. Yeah. That's not what that's for. That is for you to have the assistance on providing food for your family. Now, if you have too much food, like why? What other amenities do you think that they're trying to get with these food stamps? So let me paint a scenario that I, I've actually seen. Okay, that you have a mother. She had, and we can go all the way back how she got here. But either way, she's at this moment now in life. She has four to five children. She can, let's say four, and she's pregnant at this moment, okay? She get $400 or something in food stamps, okay? And that covers the seven lag, the whatever, the food, baby food, all the other kids, things of that nature. But she really can't work because she has to take care of all her kids. She can't afford to send her kids to daycare every day, okay? Hmm. She's not able, and she's by herself. There's no man in the home, okay? So she has to do that, and but... She has to get to work. Well, she has to get get the kids around. She has to get them clothes. She has to get them their their haircuts and things of that nature. So she has to figure out one way or another to get it done. So that's why I believe people may do these type of things. Now, that's for some. But do and do I see some people misusing the system? Absolutely. And that that's a huge problem. Yeah. But once again, me and I was and I say time and time again, me being a product of food stamps. Government assistance and being where I'm at now in life, it's a blessing. Yeah. But I've seen some people, it becomes a problem when you stay in that situation. Yeah. When you don't want to grow from that situation. Yeah. But thankfully, I've seen people in my family and others around that made an example how to save money, how to pay bills, how to make that difference. But a lot of kids and from boys, girls, they don't see that. Only yeah. thing they see is right in front of them. And they see their mother, and usually the main people um, kids look up to are their parents. Yeah. Um, no matter if they're doing right or wrong. I wasn't one of those kids. I was one of those kids, like, when I saw my parents messing up, I was like, ugh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So paying bills, having more money than, um, than items, that's always been a thing of mine. But that goes back to illiteracy. So do we need to teach these things in the community? How do we go about teaching it though, like to, to a brick wall that somebody don't want to listen? 
No, I think they you do want to start. Listen. I say, sometimes my point: skip the parent, go to the go child. to the kid. I was just gonna right. say, right? You have go to, to go. The you have to go to the kid. I actually think that yes. should be something that's in an educational curriculum. Like, if you really look at our education system, I think it does not set our kids up to really have the fundamentals that they need, which is more about like budgeting, more about like nutrition and eating, like the things that you have to do to survive. I understand we need to know geometry and science, but I haven't used it at all. But I do know how I need to know how to budget. I do need to know how like what to eat and things of that nature. I need to know how to survive. And I don't think that I think that's a part of it that we haven't hit on. Let me ask y'all this. How would y'all feel about starting like a maybe like a nonprofit organization like an after school program? Where we could teach those skills to underprivileged people who don't know. Well, Let's I think it. what is it? Um, Nas and Will Smith, I think, just started an app or something mm-hmm. like that, where they're going to be trying to teach financial literacy because yeah. everybody recognizes mm-hmm. that's the number one way that we're in bondage. Yeah, we don't yeah. even have money, like money, power, respect, money. You need money, and if we sit here and make a dollar and spend a dollar fifteen, we always behind. Yeah, always, and I, we can't do nothing without money. Or just even not even not even that. Just like you said, everybody doesn't have common sense. Yeah. Maybe teach common sense skills. Right. You know what I mean? Like like you said, like the basic things to budget it. You need well, to we bring in more money than Yeah, it, <laughs> than it's not, it's a simple you know? concept. And I mean the tricky stuff that happens when people don't understand interest right. rates. I see that all the time from a financial illiterate standpoint where you get a credit card and you think it's free money, but you don't understand you just bought something that's worth a dollar, and you you about to pay a dollar twenty five. But for the it. same thing on the reverse end, people don't know how to use their credit to a positive as well, right? Because a, a lot of things yeah. like coming yeah. from the lower middle class, it was taught that oh, just don't get any credit cards, just don't no. ever use it. My granddaddy paid cash and for everything. But you know how to manage it, you really come out. And I'm, you know how I am. I Google everything. I don't take that as an excuse because if you can Google who, what the score is on this game, you can Google what this new meme is, you can Google Absolutely. all that. They literally spell out the rules of credit scores. Yeah. You know how to get your credit score. If you have less than 10% of a credit balance, you're right. excellent. If you have this certain, this is how you get points knocked off. They literally walk you through everything. Like those And you choose to not to sit there and, and read that. <laughs> but they'll rather pay somebody and get it done. They'll do it for them. And that's, yeah. the, that's the biggest scam ever because you can do it yourself. But but I, I, know, I was younger. I, I did that before and I realized that was the biggest damn scam ever. Just paying them folks that money over and over again. Because I went, when I was young, I, got, I was one of those people who got married young. You know, wasn't thinking. Went through a divorce, and anybody who's been divorced, they know that you know you kind of suffer a financial setback yeah. <laughs> after that. So I had some some bad credit for a while, you know. So I had to go back and I tried to to pay people to to those uh, credit programs to fix my credit and and do all this stuff. But then I started reading. I googled mm-hmm. and figured out how to do it myself. I fixed my own credit in like ninety days. Right. It was the, simple. The best way to hide a secret from a anybody is to write it on uh, yeah, us. <laughs> write it down. But put it in a yeah. what? Put it in a book. book. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that, I, that, I, that, I mean, I, I, I was I was sold on it. You yeah. were sold on it because you thought it was a quick fix. Yeah. Because there's so many times when I used to do tax work where people would just be like, I don't know how to do taxes. And I'm just like, literally, if you read this form, it says find box 1A. Yeah. There it goes. Put it here. Now find box two. Yeah. Put that number here. It's so easy, but I guess it's a misconception that you just don't like taxes or taxes are hard. And anybody who makes under $100,000, I tell them, go ahead and do TurboTax. 
Yeah. You can read. They ask you simple questions. Do you own a home? Yes or no. Yeah. Did you do this? Yes or no. They make it so simple where you should do it yourself. Yeah. But we are not financial, financially literate to understand that these are simple concepts. And if yeah. you understand what taxes are, and, it's it's a simple concept. And you know, and, and what a refund is. And to pull it back together, I'm like when I was talking about the reparations, mm. and it goes back. I think. When we talk about reparations, we need to come together and talk about make a plan. What we yeah, we do. need a plan. And we right. need to educate what? ourselves. What should we do for the money? Because, and this is this is another topic for another show. But being African American, I don't. We're not unified across the front at all. It's like we're separated in so many different levels within ourselves, and that's why you see some people act a certain way. You know, I've heard say people. Oh, you're black, but that's an N-word right there. Yeah. And I'm like, no. Nah, I mean, they have the same. I would say, don't. We're not the only culture like that. They have oh, yeah, it's white people not, they have trailer park. And they, yeah, you know, they have field babies. And they, you know. But once again, we are still in that position that we're trying to come up. Right. We're still um, a disproportionalized um, minority that is usually we're in the worst situations. It was said on our last episode, the episode before last, stating that. We are the minority of the minorities yeah. here in America. So we have to start planning together. We have to start communicating. We have to start hating each other. And we can talk about killing each other and just communicate. And when we try to give advice to one another, it's not just, the, oh, he, he or she thinks they're better than me. Yeah. We're really trying to help. And I, some do come off family. as if they're better than you. But they're trying to tell you. I have this in my own family. Yeah. Man, everybody in my family, well, not everybody. The younger ones don't know so much. But the older ones, they know the strife I've been through in my life. They've seen the things that I've experienced. Yeah. And when I try to come back and express like, hey, let's try this, let's try that, you know, sometimes it falls on deaf ears. And then sometimes though, you're younger though. So people that are older, I've found out they don't want to hear that from you. They they think they, they yeah, well, they get to that. a certain age, they're like, I got this. You know, he can't, ain't nothing he can tell me that, that I ain't been through already. But yeah, I you come, with, instead, of, instead of coming asking me for money, ask for advice then. Yeah. Hey, but, because yeah, that's the time. I look at something in conversation, man. Another episode. <laughs> but I also look at something in family, friends, and all that. And you see them. I've seen people that I know your financial worries because you express those to me. But you're going on cruises. Mm. You're going on vacation. You, you. I see it on Facebook. Hey, but that brings me back to my question I asked earlier. Though, are we more emotional people? Like, do we more live for the feeling and not really the responsibility? Like to be. The, to be accountable I for mean, it. I mean, nowadays, I would say we are say so glamorized by yeah. social media. We're so glamorized by instant gratification. Yeah. If we started thinking more long-term and say, not necessarily what do I want in my lifetime, but what do I want for my children, I think we would make better decisions. Yeah. We would stop trying to go on these cruises now because we realize that we needed to save this money so we can have a nest egg or maybe our children would a, be able to have a down payment for their house. Like, that's my ultimate goal. Like, what white people sometimes do is they that's give close. their kids mm -hmm. money for down payments. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're still staying in apartments and giving our money to the system. I think we're this, still doing some stuff that aren't that isn't structurally setting them up for this an advantage. Like we're not giving them. <laughs> I know that's a, I know a topic for another. We, yeah. we um, could briefly talk on this though, and I think we had this conversation last time we were together about uh, different cultures letting their kids stay with them until yes, they actually yes, yes. have enough money oh. to move out. Oh, I'm so for that. Yeah. I am so for the fact that if I have a child and they are of good 
like a good child, mm-hmm. if they went to college and they come back, I would let them stay with me as long as I knew they were saving their money, paying off of that. Because I think our culture is the ones that push them out and put them in financial debt automatically. Mm-hmm. And now they're trying to pay their student loans. They probably get an entry level job on top of having to pay rent and all this other stuff. I've seen other cultures let their kids get there, establish themselves, make some savings. And then once they get married or they can leave the nest debt free, that's better. We literally kick our kids out and just be like, y'all on y'all own. Now, if you in my house acting like you've grown, I get it. But if yeah. you're there respectful, I think you should let your kids stay there, pay off their student loans, have a savings, cherish the fact that your children are doing the right thing. Now, if they're selling drugs or whatever the negative thing, like that that, that total extreme, they ain't doing nothing, they don't have no job. Well, if no. them drugs go buy you a house in the future, nah, mama. Like, <laughs> I, want your, I want your drug money. And worth it. That's been ain't done money, before, yeah. you know. If I can't hey. sleep at night, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, my house shot up. Yeah. But I think, maybe, but like you said, though, we just need to plan ahead. Like, a lot of people already have a college fund set up for their kids. So they right. have a plan. Are they like, hey, you need to fill out these scholarships. Do you? I know, for your kids have a Yeah, we got a savings account for them. But I, I think, uh, well, I have a cousin that works, like, in the field, like, uh, in, with colleges and stuff like that. And she's a, uh, it's kind of like a, not like a counselor. But, uh, like an advisor, yeah. And so she tells me about how many scholarships are available out there and people just need to apply. Like it's so many so much money that people donate to the colleges to give scholarships and you just have to apply and people just don't apply. It's just for having a, uh to being able to blink your left eye, you can get a scholarship. Right. Like anything. And that's something I work with kids that are in DFPS custody or foster care. A lot of people don't know kids in foster care get free tuition for the rest of their life when they age out. Everything you said kind of with reparations, they kind of give reparations to kids in CPS custody. And it's crazy. Yeah, but Uh they, but, but, and that's why I said we have to educate ourselves about it because the majority of children don't take advantage of that free tuition because you know why? They don't know the benefit of it. Yeah, so I really they, think we should get some people together, man. Get some throw some ideas around, man. We can start something. But you man. know, Everything my thing coaches, is, it's all about, it's all about it, messaging. But it's it's talking and about it, but it's execution. It is. So, so we talked about doing this show a whole year before so, actually doing. We I mean, then it's, yeah. what's the execution? Like, what's yeah. the plan? Do yes. we sit here and what's your focus? Like, we literally just talked about ten different topics. You have to focus on what is it? Are we trying to get kids scholarships? Are we trying to get you know? Because education is key, right? That's what's going to yeah. get us. Yeah. We're just trying to educate our community and that would like to do more about financial literacy home ownership and we can we can list all those things yeah. out later but if, and if anyone is out here listening would like to assist or give us an, um, point us in direction share your information with us we would love to do so we also want to hear those Juneteenth stories too like how do you celebrate or do you celebrate in your area if you're from Texas or somewhere in the south like you do you do in Louisiana do you up north just what's your overall feedback and as well as about reparations what do you think or do you think we should receive reparations so share those ideas those comments man we love to have them don't call my cell don't text me <laughs> leave, leave a comment comments. on Instagram at everything culture you can leave a comment on Facebook find us on everything culture you go to our website at everythingculture.com you also can go to our Twitter at every THG culture you can find us on all those things but we love to hear your feedback you know share post you know like or just give an honest feedback that's what we want to have also i want to give a shout out to j square for these awesome shirts everything culture shirts that will be available on our website soon check us out um (laughs) as well as we always want to remember our good friend um around this time in our life 
we remember in our life was Felix one Nun one Yeri, um, you know, All right, rest his soul. And you know, it that we we go touch on that one day on the show. But you know, there's something that good group of friends that we experience, and it goes back to you know, gun violence, peace in the neighborhood. You don't know how these affect children and affects families and affect futures of others. And as I always, want to thank our guest, Honey Bee. You hey. know, thank you for coming out. Enjoy myself. Yes. You shout out your Instagram or any kind of social media, anything like that? Nah, I'll be real focused. I actually don't even partake in most of that. So okay. um, no. I also want to give a shout out to Miss D713. Tomorrow's her birthday. That's <laughs> <laughs> Miss D713. Mrs. D713. I'm sorry, yes. Mrs. D713. Turning 21. Country. Fine ass. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you were trying to stop cussing. She is fine. <laughs> And her ass is fine. I have no problem with that. <laughs> All right, man. You want to take us out with uh, the great words from Dr. Martin Luther King? As the, uh, the late great Dr. Martin Luther King said at Cornell University years ago that men hate each other because they fear each other and they fear each other because they don't know each other. They don't know each other because they are segregated and they're not able to communicate. So here on Everything Culture, our focus is bridge that gap of communication and bring everyone together so we can love one another and grow. Thank you all so much and God bless.